Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are faithful, that we can depend on you. Father, we thank you that you have reached out to us, that you have made us your own, that you've done whatever was necessary, that it's not of our merit in any way, but that you scoop us up in your arms as helpless children and make us your own. I marvel at you. Thank you and praise you. Amen. Amen. Through the summer we've been uh, looking at these extracts from the book of Acts and the um, stories of Paul's missionary journeys. And in chapter 20, where we are today, he's coming to the end of his third missionary journey and he's saying goodbye to a lot of people. Uh, he's leaving them for the last time. So it's quite poignant. Um, and in the earlier service, I was uh, speaking about the little episode in Troas um, when Paul talked for a long time and at least one person fell asleep um, and fell down from a window from the third floor and was presumed dead but then was revived and Paul prayed for him and he was alive. And I just took that as a little image, a little metaphor of how when we fail to persevere because of our own natural human limitations, still God can cope with that. God transcends our limitations and gives us another chance. So much for Eutychus. I want to focus now in a different sort of reflection on Paul himself. And in the next part of this chapter, he, he's further down the coast at Miletus. He's, 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 kind of, he's working his way around the coast of what is now called Turkey, um, heading for Jerusalem. And in each place, he's kind of giving his farewell instructions to the leaders of the church. And in Miletus, he calls the leaders, uh, the elders of the church from Ephesus to come. And I'm just going to read from verse 17 of Acts chapter 20, um, which in the church Bibles, page 1117. Um, from Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the, of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia. I served the Lord with great humility and with tears, although I was severely tested by the plots of the Jews. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, Compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, 
I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, which is the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Thanks be to God for his word. Um, so, we've, we, uh, if you were around earlier on, we, we've taken Eutychus as our example, and we've encouraged godly behavior by falling asleep during sermons. And, and now we're going to take Paul as our example and say, what would it mean to be like Paul? Um, and there's two ways that you can come at this, um, and I want to discourage one and encourage the other. And one way of coming at it, um, which I've, I've heard sermons on myself in the past, is that, you know, Paul was called um, to testify to the gospel of God's grace. He was called to be a teacher and a preacher. Therefore, we must all be preachers and teachers. We must all go around telling everyone about Jesus. Um, and I don't find that very helpful. For one simple reason... Um, which I can explain very simply by reference to the band. So in the band, we have um, lead singer, rhythm guitar, keyboard player, drummer, bass player, and two singers. Okay? Makes a very fine band. Wonderful sound. Harmonious. Um, seven drummers a band does not make. <laughs> we need people to do different things. Okay? And in the, the life of the church depends on people doing different things. Um, if we all focused our entire effort on evangelizing, maybe you might want to argue with me about this, that the life of the church would flourish. <laughs> Personally, I suspect it wouldn't, because lots of things would go un, unfinished, un, untaken account of, uncared for. Lots of people would go uncared for, I think, as well. Um, you know, we might get them through the door, but then they'd just drift away again because they were not being looked after, for example. So in the church, there are evangelists, and there are prophets, and there are apostles, and there are preachers, and there are teachers, and there are pastors, and we need all of them. So it's about using our own particular giftings. So when I read Paul, the Apostle Paul, saying... I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. The words that stand out there are the words, the task the Lord Jesus has given me. So for him, it's quite personal. He was very clear in his own mind that there was a particular task that he had been given and, and his role, all that he was concerned about was to fulfill that task, to do that one thing. He knew what it was for him, the one thing that mattered. And that was the touchstone of his life. At the end of his journey, all that mattered for him, his entire assessment of whether his life, whether his labours had been worthwhile, were whether, has he done the one thing that he'd been commissioned to do, which in his case happened to be testifying to the gospel of God's grace. So therefore, I think for us, the question for us, if we want to be like Paul and take him as our example, is kind of to say, 
well, what is the thing that God wants of us? What is the one thing? Or to put it in a more generic terms, you know, what are, what are the particular ways in which by being the person God has made us, we can best contribute to the life of the church and build um, and help to promote God's kingdom? And there's something that's the same for everyone, and there's something that's distinct. So these, these musicians here that are not behind me at the moment, but they, you know, that we've been sharing in, um, singing with, um, there's certain things that they all have in common. You know, they all have to read music. Um, they all have to keep time. Um, they all have to listen to one another. There's certain things that it's the same, it's necessary for all of them, but then they do different things. Martin plays a keyboard, Tom plays a bass. Um, That's embarrassing, isn't it? I know. A mental blank there. Sorry, Sue. That's awful. Sue is is singing, Graham's playing his harp. Okay. So they've got different roles, but using key generic skills. So in the life of the church, as Christians, as disciples of Christ, we are all called to love others. We all show generosity and forgiveness for other people. We all are called to have faith and hope in God. That's like kind of being able to read music and keep in time. Yeah? But then we do different things. We play different instruments. I'm standing here preaching. Lucy's on the visuals. Richard's on the sound desk. Rob's stewarding. We're doing different things, all of which go together to make up the life of the church. So, to be like Paul, I think, means to say, what is it that God has called us to? What's the specific way in which we fit in? Who, who is the person that God has made us? And um, I don't know if Frank's still around. Yeah, Frank's here. So, I'm sorry to... I'm, I'm, I'm just going to share that story that you told me earlier because it fits in really well here, Frank. So Frank just told me a story earlier on about a, um, a, someone who was uh, trying to minister in a church and they started off doing it the way they think it ought to be done. You know, they had some sort of stereotype, some model of, you know, this is how you do things in a church. And it just didn't work very well at all. And after a while, they realized their folly and then they stopped. They said, right, I'm not going to do it the way... I think it's supposed to be done. I'm going to do it the way God is calling me to do it. I'm going to respond to the promptings of the Holy Spirit and be myself. And then God really started to work through them and use them. Um, so thank you for sharing that with me. That really sort of encouraged me, Frank, and that sort of ties in with what we're saying this morning. So um, as we go into a sort of time of prayer and ministry, I want you to encourage you um, to think about both how you can... Um, hold on to those generic things, those things that are for all Christians, to be forgiving, to be generous, to be loving. Um, but then also to be listening to God and thinking if, if to you know, constantly refine and clarify about who, who is it that you are? Who has God made you as a person? What's your particular place in the life of the church? What's the one thing that you want to kind of hold yourself to account for? Is it... Um, to be a pastor, to care for others? Uh, Is it to be an evangelist and to proclaim Christ? Is it to work behind the scenes 
to, to sort of make the coffee or to do the church accounts? Is it to be a prayer warrior, to be faithful and dedicated in prayer, to support others through your prayer for them? Um, is it to play in the band? Whatever it may be. But to, to think, okay, who am I? Who's the person that has God made, has God made me? And what does it mean for me to be single-minded in living out my personal vocation as a follower of Jesus?